The flashlight dropped to the ground and rolled over, throwing its light deeper into the woods, touching the edges of a dark shape underneath a large red cedar. With a pounding heart, Lucky scooped the flashlight up. She clutched the baby, now screaming with gusto, to her chest and took a few hesitant steps forward. A woman lay on her back. Her eyes were wide open, but she wasn't looking at the branches swaying overhead or the stars barely visible through the thick canopy of branches, leaves, and needles. Shifting the baby in her right arm, Lucky crouched down and touched the base of the woman's neck. Her skin was cold, and nothing moved under Lucky's shaking fingers. Constable Molly Smith's boot slipped in a puddle of vomit. Instinctively, her head jerked back to help her keep her balance, and the man's fist connected with her mouth. Her head spun, and she tasted hot, sweet blood, but she managed to keep her footing. She ducked in case a second blow was coming. Dave Evans grabbed the man from behind and wrenched his arms back. That's enough of that. The man was big, about six foot three with the weight to match, and arms bulging with muscle and tattoos. His hair was long, thin, gray, and greasy. The moment Evans touched him, all the aggression fled. Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to hit the lady. It was an accident, right? Can't we forget all about it? I don't think so, Evans said, snapping handcuffs on meaty wrists. You okay, Constable Smith? She touched her lip. Her fingers came away streaked with blood. No harm done she said, inwardly seething. Nothing Evans would like more than to think he'd saved her from the big bad guy. The crowd shifted, and sensing that the fun was over, those at the back began to move away. Flashing blue and red lights washed over them, making it look as though they'd all gathered for a party. Smith and Evans had been called to the Bishop and the Nun, a cheap faux-English pub on Pine Street. Not even nine o'clock, but on a hot Thursday evening in Trafalgar, British Columbia, the bars were filling up fast, and plenty of the patrons had begun the night's drinking in the middle of the afternoon. Two men had been thrown out of the bar, told to take their fight outside. When they did, a crowd gathered quickly, eager for excitement. At first, the fight consisted of nothing other than a lot of obscenities, a bit of pushing and shoving, verbal threats, and aggressive posturing. But as the police car rounded the far corner, colored lights flashing and siren on, one of the bystanders had broken away from the crowd, staggered toward the antagonists, and vomited all over the smaller guy's shoes. He took offense to that and sent the bewildered drunk to the sidewalk with a strong right hook. One of the man's friends, or maybe just a stranger happy at the opportunity to instigate a good street brawl, ran forward, and the fight began in earnest. The police rushed in to break it up, whereupon Smith slipped and the big man punched her in the face. Everyone stepped back. Once a police officer was involved, the crowd seemed to think, the fight was no longer harmless fun. Someone helped the vomiter up off the sidewalk, and the tattooed man tried to make his apologies. Save it for the judge, Evans said. They stuffed the big man into the back of the car. His original opponent, the guy who'd thrown the first punch, 
had melted into the long shadows between the buildings the moment the police car came to a halt. Evans took their prisoner, still expressing his regrets, downstairs to be processed into custody, while Smith went to the women's washroom to check her face. A thin line of blood ran from the left corner of her mouth down her chin, making her look like Dracula's bride after a feast at the castle. She put her hat on the counter and scrubbed the blood off her face. It didn't look too bad, she thought, studying herself in the mirror, but her lip would be sporting a sizable lump tomorrow. She ran her fingers through her short blonde hair. She'd worn her hair long until a few weeks ago, tied into a French braid when she was in uniform. Graham had liked her hair long. He liked to play with it, wrap it around his fingers, put the ends in his mouth and pretend to chew. She'd kept it long after he'd died.